This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Many dream of an occupation that allows for exotic adventure. And a little danger is simply par for the course. But when cameraman Michael Benson took flight over Kilauea Volcano in Hawaii, he quickly realized that this particular adventure would be one for the history books. For almost 48 hours, Benson was trapped without supplies or water, breathing noxious fumes from the active volcano he'd been stranded upon. And luckily for Benson, he lived to record his gut-wrenching tale. Welcome to Beating the Odds, a five-day special series for medical mysteries. I'm Richard. And I'm Molly. This is our fourth episode on remarkable, inspirational people who survived extreme medical emergencies. Today we're discussing Michael Benson, a cameraman who survived a helicopter crash only to find himself stuck inside one of Kilauea Volcano's craters. He persevered amongst poisonous gas, hallucinations, and splattering lava for two days before his rescue. On a November morning in 1992, three men strapped into a small helicopter, ready to take flight. As the chopper rose, 49-year-old cameraman Michael Benson and his colleague Chris Duddy gawked at the lush beauty of the island. They grazed over tree canopies with the wind in their faces. Their helicopter pilot, Craig Hosking, spoke to them over their headsets. They were coming upon Kilauea Volcano. Time to prep for their shots. Within moments, the aircraft was hovering over the red glow of the Pu'u'o'o vent. The cameraman captured footage of the activity inside, spots of sputtering hot lava boiling like a massive stew below. The duo was shooting a Hollywood film called Sliver, starring Sharon Stone, and there was something awe-inspiring, even rewarding, about tempting fate for the love of their craft. After all, nearly 540 people die from volcano-related incidents every year. And that's outside of eruptions. Many of the casualties are locals, tour groups, scientists, and rescue responders. But as far as Benson could tell, volcanoes hadn't taken any cameramen. Unaware of the dangers that lie before them, the men dangled from the doors of the chopper. Hosking continued their journey over the volcano as the men filmed a large crater on the surface below. 
A volcanic crater is a bowl-like depression in a volcano's surface that can contain large gaps emitting gases and lava when the volcano is active, just as Kilauea was. But suddenly, the pilot's voice came through the noise of the rotor blades. We've got a problem. The helicopter began losing power. With no time to page for help, the aircraft, which was already flying low through dense clouds of gas, hit a wall. It skimmed past a pool of lava and collided with the rock. Surprisingly, all three men were still alive and conscious. They heard a ringing in their ears. Their hearts were racing. Without supplies, food, or water, the three men left the failed aircraft behind. They decided to see if they could hike up towards the rim of the crater more than an 80-foot climb. Maybe they would spot someone, a tour group, another helicopter. But dangers appeared around every turn. To reach the crater's edge, they had to weave around a lake of sputtering lava. And as the trio trekked over the crater, the noxious fumes rising from the vents made it hard to see lava coming. Benson and Duddy managed to make it within 80 feet of the crater's rim without being hit. But pilot Hosking lagged behind. He lost sight of the other men, now hidden behind a veil of volcanic gases. Hosking decided to return to the fallen helicopter and try the radio for help. Benson and Duddy looked back into the thick gray fog, certain that Hosking was lost. But there was no turning back. They tried to push forward in an effort to climb out of the crater. But the higher they got, the more rocks slid around them. By now, it was starting to get dark. They would have to rest soon. Each felt a slight sense of nausea that was difficult to pinpoint, perhaps from their lack of food or the noxious fumes around them. These same fumes made it increasingly difficult to breathe. The gases emitted from volcanoes like Kilauea contain toxic compounds like carbon dioxide, sulfur dioxide, and hydrogen sulfide. Even though it's a byproduct of our own bodies, carbon dioxide poisoning can be extremely deadly, especially in high concentrations. Breathing air that has more than 3% carbon dioxide can cause dizziness, increased heart rate, headaches, and difficulty breathing. In volcanic areas, carbon dioxide accumulates in smaller, confined spaces. Getting caught in one can lead to asphyxiation and death. Meanwhile, sulfur dioxide can cause a terribly pungent odor that's easy to recognize and irritates the skin as well as the mucous membranes of the nose, throat, and eyes. Areas surrounding a volcano often experience high concentrations of this compound, seen in acid rain and volcanic smog. But consistent exposure to the compound can cause respiratory problems and reduce lung capacity, making it especially difficult for physical activity, like hiking out of one of the world's most active volcano craters. The third dangerous fume, hydrogen sulfide, has very similar side effects, although this compound is odorless at certain air mixture ratios, which means someone may have no idea they've been exposed. Large doses of hydrogen sulfide can cause someone to fall unconscious within five minutes of exposure and could lead to death in under an hour. 
but somehow the two men managed to spend the night on a small platform, getting just enough fresh air to stay alive. Still, they hardly slept a wink. Dehydration was setting in. They may have been experiencing extreme fatigue, low blood pressure, and increased heart rate, and were probably starting to get a bit delirious as well. But that didn't stop Duddy, who was eager to continue the climb at the first signs of morning light. Benson, on the other hand, didn't want to risk losing his footing. He could fall and set back his progress, seriously injure himself, or even land in that river of molten hot lava down below. The two agreed to separate. Benson would navigate his escape on his own. Just hours after Duddy went his own way, Benson spotted something large crashing to the crater's ground. He feared the worst, wondering if Duddy had lost his footing and come tumbling down. But he soon recognized that the mass was actually a survival package tossed by rescue workers. The package, too far to reach, only added insult to injury. By Sunday afternoon, a little over 24 hours after the crash, Benson was certain he had to be the only one left alive. But he wasn't sure how much longer he could last. He subdued his anxiety and tried to maintain a healthy heart rate by practicing the alphabet backward. He gathered rainwater by hand to taper his dehydration. That night, he listened to the sounds of lava splashing like waves against the shore. In the darkness, Benson spotted the volcano goddess, Pele, smiling at him between the gray gases. Benson said, I told her that she was not going to take me. I actually got up and screamed that at her. It appeared the lack of food and water, as well as the volcano's poisonous fumes, had fully altered Benson's perception. His extreme dehydration caused hallucinations. By now, he was nearing two days without food, water, or sleep, and believed it would only be a matter of hours before he saw the end. At 9 a.m. on Monday morning, almost 48 hours since the crash, a helicopter pilot saw Benson through a break in the dark gray gas. The gas density made it difficult for the two to connect, but the chopper eventually dropped a rescue net and waited for Benson to find his way. By 10.45 a.m., Benson was being airlifted to the craft. Delirious, he turned back to Pele and her volcano, saying, You didn't beat me. You didn't get me. Benson was relieved to find that both Duddy and Hosking had also made it out alive. He was brought to a hospital in Hilo, Hawaii, where he was placed on an oxygen machine. He may have also received mechanical ventilation, which helps a person breathe since his exposure to fumes was rather severe. He was likely also given intravenous fluids to combat his dangerous level of dehydration. It's possible he was prescribed drugs that opened his airways or reduced the inflammation in the lungs, like prednisone. But aside from a lingering cough, Benson made a quick recovery. He was back to work, sharing his story with the cast and crew in no time. Benson and Duddy were heroes on the set, but everyone was astonished. How did they manage to survive two days atop a volcano, breathing poisonous gas and dodging hot lava? Park officials determined that the men were very fortunate. 
The crash happened to land in a safe crater where fresh air was funneled in from the rim. Had they been trapped in a more confined space, they almost certainly would have been dead from inhaling volcanic fumes before they could be rescued. As for the lava, Benson could thank the goddess Pele for a bit of good luck. Thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow to discuss another medical miracle. You can catch our other episodes of Medical Mysteries for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts.